Now, tomorrow we will have uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin on. That is confirmed. First, though, we got business to take care of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, regarding uh, what is happening with these objects uh, that are being uh, shot down. Uh, three in the last three, four overall. No better person, no better person, I mean that, to discuss than uh, Harlan Ullman. And uh, Dr. Ullman, of course, who has uh, written some great pieces. I've got one coming out uh, on the Hill uh, regarding uh, some of this stuff. It is unbelievable. Uh, we'll talk about that. The Fifth Horseman, his latest book, The New Mad, How Massive uh, Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. The chairman of the Kilman Group, senior advisor, best-selling author. He's got it all going. Uh, Harley, good to have you here. Super Bowl post and everything else. You know, in betwixt, in between the great game, uh, that's all that the the discussion was at in my place. Uh, uh, and people are running uh, a little nervous over this stuff. A little nervous uh, at this point in time. Four objects shot down and everything else. And the biggest question from to me last night was, they want to know if we're under attack here. I'll ask you that right now. Is, is this some no, sort of a as- preliminary deal? Are we under attack, sir? Good to have you. No, we're not, except in the sense that this is another example of massive attacks of disruption. Um, nobody's been able to explain where the last three balloons have come from, or objects. We don't know what they are. One has been described as a metal balloon, which sounds extraordinary. It's really up to the administration to show photographs of what there is and to brief the American public uh, as to how long these things have been, have been up there um, and where they come from. As people probably well know, there are tens of thousands of satellites that are in high Earth orbits that are circling around the world. That's why our cell phones work, for example, or the Internet. But regarding these low Earth orbiters, these balloons, it's really quite perplexing. And too often, too many people are pursuing responses of ready-fire aim. For example, the first balloon was described as having a payload or being the size of three or so school buses. But when you examine photographs very carefully, you have the huge balloon itself, which is about 200 feet in diameter. And then you have the huge solar panels, which probably are the length of two or three school buses. But certainly they don't weigh a great deal. And then you have the payload, which looks like, if it is the payload, much, much smaller. Now, one of my hypotheses, or at least one of the things in which I speculate with the first balloon, is that because China's space technology may be much, much lagging than ours in terms of technology, they need these balloons to get better resolution. This is a possibility that I think some people have raised, but I think it's a very serious one, which may suggest that China's technical ability has been exaggerated, as other aspects of China have. This is something we've got to find out about. But the other three objects, we need to know (laughs) what they are and where they came from and what they were doing. And absolutely, right now, as I say in my article, Jay, uh, Jay, uh, this is a huge uh, mystery so far, and people obviously are unsettled by mysteries because they want answers, especially when the news media is 24-7, and too often governments cannot operate that quickly because obviously it's going to take time to collect the remains of those last three objects and subject them to some kind of investigation, which could take days or even weeks. So... You're quite right. People are very, very, very anxious about what is this. You will hear, I'm sure, conspiracy theories about this is 
men from Mars or women from Mars or outer space. I don't think that's the issue. I think there are plausible responses, but until we actually get some serious answers that are correct answers and objective answers from government, but people are going to continue to speculate, people are going to wonder, and people are going to be very, very concerned by all this, understandably. Thing. We're not getting any answers, and there's no transparency regarding this. You're getting misinformation here. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, and I said this earlier, you know, it's a traditional day Super Bowl. President gives a quick uh, nine, ten-minute yeah. interview with the network. He didn't do that. You know, Biden was never going to do that with Fox. At such an important time, too, to come clean and at least give the American people some information. That's what really accentuated more disgust into this for me. You know, the fact he could even have the you-know-whats to get on the Fox network and at least give us something here. Uh, that's To me, that was disgraceful, Hall, and I'm sorry. That was absolutely disgraceful. Well, I think it reflects, uh, I agree with that sentiment, Jay, but I think it reflects two things. One, the politics are such that Biden did not want to get on Fox because he can't stand Fox, just like Jack Kennedy refused to accept the New York Times at the White House because it ran bad stories, bad stories about him. So the politics here are wrong. And second, I agree with you, this is an opportunity he should have gotten up and said, look, I know the Super Bowl is going to be a great game, and I know we've been taking care of these objects. Please don't worry. We have this under control, and I will advise you as soon as possible. But the fact that the White House didn't do it, to me, is baffling, and I think that was a huge misjudgment. So we agree. Look at the the incidents. You go back to February 4th. You have the balloon. Uh, eight days off the Aleutian Islands. Eight days was left to travel to the coast of Myrtle Beach. That was what, on the 4th? Then Friday... Saturday, Sunday. This is the troubling part of it. You know, the uh, cylindrical object brought down near the Alaska North Slope there. Saturday, you had another one over the Yukon in Canadian territory. Yesterday, of course, we mentioned Lake Huron. Uh, You know, very little information. Very little information. You wonder, again, if you're going to get the truth. And, again, this country needs the truth. Okay, you're not let kidding me, me. Let me. Let me respond. Let me respond to that, Jay, because I do not think the administration or the government, and I, and this is just not limited to, to Biden. I think this goes back a long time ago. A long time ago, you can argue that we were not capable of shooting down that first balloon because our airplanes, the F-16s, F-15s, F-22s, are restricted to about a fifty thousand foot altitude, not because of the airplane but because of the pilot. And so I note in my argument, the cockpit has got to be have certain stuff installed so that the pilot can tolerate flying at higher altitudes. And it could well be that that installation was not normally put in airplanes because they never anticipated. That could be one reason why the, air, the balloon was let to fly across America. The second reason could be that we were getting enough information from it that it was worthwhile to do so. Uh, but the explanation that they wanted to crash it into the water because they thought it would be safer, but also because they thought it would be more recoverable, uh, doesn't seem to fit, simply because if you're landing at a terminal velocity of 140 miles an hour, the water is not going to be any softer than land. 
And since it appears the greatest part of the payload were the solar panels, those solar panels probably would have disintegrated as the balloons furled to Earth. So those are three issues I would raise for which we need to have questions. But you're right, the administration has not been good simply because I don't think it was fully prepared for this particular contingency, and it certainly does not have a good <clears throat> public relations or information strategy to brief the public, even though it probably responded much more quickly. It obviously responded much more quickly to the last three objects because I think they were able to fit the aircraft with sufficient capability so that pilots were able to fly above 50,000 feet. But in this case, the object that they shot down, I'm told, appear to be uh, at 40,000 feet, which is within the normal operating air uh, altitude of uh, all of our fighters. 60,000 feet, that was the original one, correct? The 60,000 feet, in which there is some, you know, restrictions obviously in play here, correct? Yeah, I, you know, the airplane, the airplane is capable of flying that high, but the cockpit is not, simply because the cockpit has got to be super pressurized so the pilot can tolerate the lack of any kind of air pressure up there. Uh, Holland Allman with us. Again, he's got the piece in the hill. you got to check it out. I mean, it's just brilliant writing. Uh, it really is. Uh, with that being said, where do you think at this point uh, Xi Jinping is as far as all this going on? You know, there's obviously a lot of accusations left and right. Um yeah, listen, you can't tell me for one second if this is all, let's say this is all one source, okay? And we don't know it yet. We don't have enough information to determine that. But if it is just one source, meaning one country, meaning China, what is the overall impetus in your estimation? If it is, if it is one source, one country, um, is it a taunting aspect? Is it a test as far as this administration, I mean, let's face it, we are not of strength at this point. We can agree on that. But in, in essence, where do you think the mindset is if, if this is emulating out of China? Let's, first of all, let's start, let's start at the top. I do not think that Xi Jinping was aware of these flights specifically. I, we, we treat China as a monolithic country, as a dictatorship. That is far from the truth. There's an awful lot that goes on that I'm sure that President Xi has nothing, to, does not know about. So the myth that we have to dispel is that the president of China is all-knowing, all-seeing. He is not. That's the first thing. Second, I think that China brilliantly has decided to use balloons, as I suggested, because their space technology may not be that good. But balloons are far less expensive, and they seem to be far less threatening and they're more difficult to detect. And so the Chinese have been doing this for a very long time. The question I have, if they've been doing this, why were we not aware of it? There's nothing that I read, and I'm not looking at classified stuff, but I follow this, this, this these situations very, very, very closely. Um, <clears throat> why do we not know? Is this an intelligence failure, rather the reverse of Iraq, when we thought that the Iraqis had weapons of mass destruction? With all of our intelligence gathering, was anyone aware of the massive size of this balloon program? And third, I think the Chinese may have felt that <clears throat> this thing was going on, going on, uh, and they're going to continue to go on until it stops. So I don't think it necessarily 
was something to try to taunt the Americans. I think it may have been a very clever way of getting intelligence and information on a low-cost basis, relatively risk-free, and at a time that they got caught, they got caught, and they'll go to a plan B. That would be my hypothesis, and of course it could be dead wrong, because we don't have sufficient information. So people need to treat that as, as, as what I would say as informed speculation. But the biggest question, Jay, why did our intelligence committee was why was the intelligence committee not aware, not aware of the, the of the extent of this huge program, which we now learn is huge? That to me is a really pressing question that needs answers immediately. And do you think you're going to get those answers? I don't have a clue. You'll note in my in my column, I call for an immediate investigation that should take days and not weeks and months, even a first cut. But, you know, how long did it take the 9-11 Commission to review what happened on 9-11? And of their 35 recommendations, how many of those were really put in place? The answer was a small number. So if this takes two years, that's absurd. I mean, this is something they've got to do it really quick, a quick investigation. Other questions I have, as I raise in my, in, in my column, Jay, were other parts of the, the technical side that government consulted. Was NASA, our space agency, consulted in this? Was NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Agency, consulted with this? I would assume it was, but you can't make any assumptions. And so we need to get to the bottom of this. I think the president has to come on television, make a major speech that says, here's what we know, here's what we don't know, but we're in, we're in charge, we've got this thing going, and we'll get the information out as quickly as possible. He needs to reassure the American public. The first balloon could have been seen as something of a farce. Stop with the, yeah, and I agree. I mean, that, that to me is first and foremost. are a real problem, Dave, because they're a mystery. The public wants to know, and the government does not look like it, what it knows what it's doing, and not just this administration, because it probably goes back uh, to when the Chinese began this program, that other administrations were also at fault, but of course this never became a crisis. But this is serious. This is really serious, and it just shows again how our government fails to act and how the government has become so overly politicized that the president can't use the opportunity of the Super Bowl because it's Fox television to make a speech to comfort or reassure the American people. And I'm sure the same thing would be true with a, with a Democrat, uh, with, a, with a Democrat who would, or a Republican, rather, who would not want to go on CNN or something like that, given the hostility of, the, of both parties towards <laughs> the uh, television channels that are favorable to one party. Holland, that's what I've been saying forever. There is such division in this country, and a lot of it is created by the media. Thus, the President of the United States not using an opportunity that has been in play forever to address a massive audience. They usually tape these things the Friday prior. Couldn't even do that. He wanted on some streaming aspect of Fox to go over a certain population. I mean, come on, stop. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. It really is. The whole thing is absurd. Uh, Jay, you know, why did we cancel? Why did we cancel the uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken's trip? This was an ideal time to go and say to President Xi, you know, your Secretary of Defense would not talk to our Secretary of Defense. We know the first balloon was yours. We need to work this out. And if the other three objects were not yours, this could also affect you. So what are we going to do? 
And I don't know whether or not Biden has gotten on the phone to President Xi, but if I were president, and obviously I'm not, and I'm not going to be president, that would be very, very high on my list. But I can't explain it. You know, as I, I, can't, I cannot explain the stupidity of American politics of both political parties. Uh, it, it's running rampant, and it was always bad, but now it's got to a point where it's really endangering the country far more because common sense is, is missing in action. And you can't govern without some degree of common sense. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Same old true for CNN, MSNBC, and all those other networks. But I would, I would not. I, I would disagree with you. To the media, the media is reporting the news, and the news is the administration has not responded. The administration. The, has the, not but the problem is, Holland. The problem is these networks take it upon themselves to go further than just delivering the news, okay? That has, that ha- and with a lot of misinformation, okay, that has what has led to the demise of this country as far as divide. Okay, it's not like the old days. It's not. You know, you turn on Cronkite, you got an honest assessment of what's going on in the world. Not the case anymore today. Not the case. You know, it's, it's a very tough deal. And that's why you got a guy like Joe Biden who has shied himself away from, you know, getting a message out. Well, I could have got a I message out there. I, I think you need to distinguish between the regular networks and the cable networks. And I think the cable networks go far far greater than the, the regular networks do. I, I'm not that concerned about ABC, NBC, or CBS um, in terms there of still, Even with the regular networks... Holland. There is still a biased nature. You know that. There is still a bias. Yeah, but I, don't, I think that's I think that's human nature. What I'm saying is that what's happened when when you had Walter Cronkite, what were your sources of news then? Radio, three television or four television channels, um, and the newspaper. What are your sources of information today? They are infinite. They are infinite. So when you have far more news organizations reporting you are going to get a far greater uh, spectrum of views, some of which are hugely uninformed. And so I think it's really the nature of technology that has so expanded people's access. And because you have certain outlets that play to certain people's uh, political views or whatever views, because they get paid for it, they make money out of it in terms of advertising, of course you're going to have extremes that are accentuated and magnified. I mean, that's the trouble with American politics. The extremes the, the problem with the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are the extremes of left and right. And in the media, the problem is because there is so much of it that extremes get to have a much larger position than they should. But, you know, this is not a point worth debating. The, the point that is worth debating is that this country has become so polarized and politicized that people are going to be generally concerned about what happened, who can I trust, and as we've talked before, Jay, one of these issues is the decline in credibility and legitimacy of all of our institutions. Who do you trust? Do you trust the Supreme Court? Do you trust the police? Do you trust lawyers? Do you trust the clergy, the Boy Scouts? Um, That's where we are in politics. And it's going to take a long time for the nation to recover, as I write my book, because civility and compromise need to be reestablished, and they're not. And one example is Today, people are starting the work week. Tell me on the road how much anger there's going to be with car, with all the traffic. 
And that's one example about how civility <laughs> is in decline in terms of road rates. So, you know, we're discussing the problem, and there are solutions, but they're very, very difficult. And as you pointed out, Joe Biden using the Super Bowl as an opportunity to reassure the nation, which is very much needed, didn't take place. And that was a failed opportunity. But that's the nature of politics today. Certainly is. And I recommend everybody read Holland's piece. Came comes out today uh, as far as uh, what's happening. Uh, we, you need, know, we need he, an investigation, Jay. We need an investigation, even if it, even it's only a temporary one right now. We cannot delay. And we will. We will for any number of reasons. And, and quite frankly, given this issue of lack of trust, you know, the Pentagon, and I say this as an observation, so the listeners need to understand that I'm caveating this heavily. There could be a failure of imagination. The whole decision-making process uh, may not have worked, and there may be reasons why the Pentagon may not wish to disclose for the administration, may not wish to disclose a weakness uh, for political reasons, as any administration would not like to disclose a particular weakness. I mean, look at the Tonkin Gulf in August of 1964. How long did we cover that up? So... There are things that administrations do, irrespective of whomever the president is, that could be at work here as well. But we need to know, and we need to know quickly. And that's why I argue for an immediate response and investigation. Whether that will happen or not, you and I have our doubts. No question. And they should learn a lesson, final point on my end here, as far as the pandemic was concerned. When you put out propaganda, misinformation, and everything else, look what occurs. And if they haven't learned their lesson from that episode, well, they'll never learn it. I'll tell you that much. Jay, I want to make a final point before you go to break. The Naval War College had run a war game on a pandemic just a few months before the pandemic broke out. And it laid out all the recommendations. Guess how many recommendations that were laid out were followed? None. And my question is, where's the planning for COVID-20, 21, 22, 23? It's not there. And one of the reasons that governments are incapable of learning is because when we turn over government, certainly after a four-year tour, a term of a president, then all that knowledge gets wiped out and basically a new administration almost starts from scratch because all the senior appointees were not in office. And the more seasoned, experienced people who were the professionals uh, certainly do not have the impact that they should. So when there's a change of administration, we basically have to start learning almost everything over again because the bureaucracies are not trusted enough to be the institutional memory banks that we need. So this is another institutional problem, irrespective of whether a Republican or a Democrat is in the House. One of the more important points, again, I implore folks, uh, read Holland's piece in the Hill, because you bring up an excellent point, you know, going to war in Vietnam, pretext, North Vietnamese PT boat attacks, that never happened. Go back to the Mid sixties, folks. August sixty four was, I think, right on. Uh, yeah, in the in the Tonkin Gulf, and you could even go back even sooner. You know, you look at Iraq and the weapons of mass dis- dis- destruction, everything else. Twenty years ago, whatever it was. Uh, and again, you know, you're right because the president, and Congress, and the public. Before we draw any type of conclusions, we need facts, truth. We need the truth, though. But you need those we need, we facts. Need the, objective, the objective truth was the facts. What were these things? Who do we think? We know the first one came from China. 
Where did the other ones come from? They could be easily, they appear to be Chinese. Uh, but, you know, if they, they could also be Russian because the Russians could have launched uh, from their Siberian, their Asian, the Asian part of their country. So that the trade winds go from west to east. Uh, but my guess is they probably are Chinese because I suspect the Chinese had high end and low end uh, for a matter of cost and so forth, but probably because they're experimenting to see what they can get and see how far they could get. As I said, I think that would be my conclusion, that the Chinese are not out to provoke us, the Chinese are out to probe and see what they can get, and hopefully, for their side, that these things would not be detected. And so how long they've been doing it, you know, if this has been going on for 10 years, or 5 years, or even 3 years, and we don't know about it, and how much money do we spend on intelligence collection a year, a couple of hundred billion dollars or more, and we didn't know about this? Um, <laughs> I would be, if I were president, I would be, or I were the director of the CIA or the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office, I would not be a happy Boy Scout, believe me. One thing I do know, tensions have never been higher right now between these two powers. So, uh, Well, they have, actually, no, they have been, they have been uh, during the Taiwan Straits crisis of the 50s, but certainly uh, since uh, the end of the Cold War, they have not been higher. Remember, Eisenhower threatened to use nuclear weapons against China back in the in the fifties. Wuhan and the the virus and everything else, uh, it's never been higher. Never been higher. So uh, at this point in time, and again, you know, you smell blood in the water. That's what China's doing right now, as far as this administration is concerned. You smell the weakness and everything else. I mean, that that to me is so evident, uh, and that's why the I, president I, I, needs to to come clean as far as giving factual information, really. Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, uh, in 1999, two PLA, uh, uh, People's Liberation Army Air Force colonels wrote a book called Unrestricted Warfare, in which they basically stole my our sh- shock and awe. And if you go back and read that book, it was a blueprint for Chinese foreign policy, military strategy, and national security strategy, which they followed entirely. And I, I'm not sure. I've got to go back and reread to see if they mentioned anything about balloons. But that not that would not be surprising. And they got it absolutely right of what what they needed to do. That they needed to have as much intelligence and information and knowledge on us, which is why they pursue it through their defense attaches, both legally and illegally. And they've been doing that for years, for as long as I've known them. And they're doing it electronically and technologically. And so this follows from what they are doing. And they, we don't have a plan in this country. They have a plan in their country. And certainly in terms of their defense establishment, that plan has served them pretty well. But it's not perfect, and sometimes the Chinese can make huge mistakes. The point is we don't have sufficient knowledge and understanding of China right now across the board. And there are a lot of reasons for that, despite the number of Chinese experts that we have. In part, it may be a cultural problem. In part, uh, it may be very, very difficult for government to be able to recruit, um, to be able to recruit uh, people who have got the capability to do this.